Big 12 or go home. I'm Brandon Shanahan, joined as always by Iowa broadcasting legend Drew Russell. Drew, I got some news for you. The Super Bowl goes through the Big 12. It does. I mean, back to back years, we get uh, two Big 12 quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. I mean, it it just means more. I don't know what I don't know how else to put it. Hey, you you've got a uh, all Big 12 quarterback matchup in Mahomes of Texas Tech, Purdy of Iowa State, and you have an all Big 12 matchup in alumni forum coaches that Kyle Shanahan went to Texas and Andy Reid went to BYU. So there's your fun factoid of the day of that. We've got a coaching matchup that's for this year, all big 12. It'll change next year. And then, and then an all big 12 matchup as well on the, on the quarterback position. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's some, that's some deep, deep analysis. That's what you get here, Brandon, but don't expect anything less. So, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But I, I do want to spend a good amount of time talking about Brock Purdy. Yes. Because he the, the the discourse online, and we've talked about this before, it drives me insane. Yep. Because he's he's a good quarterback. And, and what I don't understand why people don't see this the last couple of weeks when San Francisco, and it's been this way all season. So it's not just the last couple of weeks, but it's been evident the last couple of weeks. When Brock Purdy doesn't play well, the team doesn't play well. The team's not in good shape. And if he really is a system quarterback, like folks have been telling me, if he really is just a a product of being around a bunch of great talents and this amazing system with, with Kyle Shanahan, it, his whether he's having a good day or a bad day wouldn't matter. If the yeah. talent around him was so superb that he's just being carried by these guys. It wouldn't matter if he had a bad day. That's why he got blown out on national television in the regular season. He had a bad day when he was playing against the Packers last weekend before that last drive. He wasn't playing very well. The team wasn't playing very well. Last night in the first half, wasn't playing very well. He As soon as he turns it on, this team starts humming. Now, granted, he had he got a literal lucky bounce out of it. I did see Pat McAfee mention that, like he did that on purpose. That is some precision <laughs> quarterback play. Quick side note: if uh, he doesn't interfere with the uh, with Brandon Ayuk, it's a perfectly thrown ball. But it is what it is. Um, and then he was just he was the X factor last night. I'm not saying he was you know the best player on the field. I, I mean George Kittle's phenomenal. Christian McCaffrey's phenomenal. They got some real dogs up front, but man, he was the difference in in that first and second half. When you see Brock Purdy turn it up, it's it's a special thing. You know, I I was watching ESPN yesterday. They're talking with Alex Smith, former number one pick of the 49ers, long over decade long NFL career. And he said a great comment, cracked me up. He said, I am the president of the game managers club of the NFL. Brock Purdy is no game manager. This kid can play, and he meant that in the most complimentary way possible. And you're right. I mean, this team goes with Brock Purdy. He has that locker room completely bought in. And similar to Iowa State, like, everybody just loves this guy. Like, everybody, like, loved him at Iowa State. They love how he handled his business. Same thing, it seems like, in San Francisco, that he takes care of his business. His entire team is behind him. That offense, I, I mean, I'm not kidding. That team, would, that offensive line, his core would do anything for him. They love playing for him. And to have that type of buy-in, and then, look, down 17, you're dead right, Brandon. Uh, I mean, a lot of situations, that's not exactly a, hey, an average to below average quarterback is going to come back from that rarely, if ever. And for the second consecutive playoff game, yeah, he didn't have he had some tougher stretches, especially the first half. But he came through. He played a brilliant second half. Great second half. He hit on his, his targets. He his ability to maneuver the pocket and then his running ability, which seems to all of a sudden become a nationwide deal of how did wait Brock Purdy runs and you know, I can yeah. only laugh an Iowa State fan that yeah, he had over what, 1,200, 1,300 rushing yards in his career in Ames. Like, this kid can definitely run. Um, 
is remarkable. It's a phenomenal story, Brandon. And I'm with you on the national discourse. It clearly generates numbers from a listenership or a viewership standpoint that it's talked about so much because, and we've said this on previous podcasts, people, like no one doesn't have a take on this guy. You can't just say, oh, he's all right. Yeah, nice story. And he's a good QB and that's that. It's either this is the greatest story of all time. What a player. This is incredible. Or this guy is absolutely terrible. He's playing a loaded team. What he's done is incredible. And I'm going to stick with the, you know, the first point of this story is amazing. It is absolutely incredible what he's been able to accomplish. And now 60 minutes away from potentially being a Super Bowl champion. It's insane to think about. And we were talking about last night. I mean, it's not just that. First of all, it's very funny that Brock Purdy is an NFL starting quarterback playing for a Super Bowl, but it's just the way that he willed the team. I mean, that's, that's something special. And I, I was thinking about it like this, like it's crazy how we hold Mr. Irrelevant to a such high standard under a microscope when guys like Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence, like number one overall picks. I mean, it feels like people bend over backwards, making excuses for him. And, and, and Jared Goff's been great. Yep. This year, and Trevor Lawrence has been a very good quarterback, but I, neither of them have been an MVP finalist. And, and yet, Brock Purdy's already checked that box. He's already won several playoff games. And yet, he gets put under such a microscope because folks are trying to figure out if he's a good quarterback or not. And a lot of those plays he made last night, I mean, that's so far out of the system. That's just a dude being a being a football player and yep. making plays. And, and, and it's just it, – it's – it's great that it feels like the, the the tide is starting to turn. Like, oh, hey, this guy is actually a good quarterback. Because yeah. the Niners have also tried to they, – they've tried a lot of different options. It's not like he comes in with Kyle Shanahan and then they hit it off right away. They had Jimmy Garoppolo. They gave him $200 million. Let's not forget about that, how much they valued him. They got Sam Darnold in this previous offseason, who was a, a top-five pick and, and perceived to have a lot of talent to potential – as a starter, and then of course the the haul they gave up to to get up it and draft Trey Lance, and they had those three guys on the roster at the same time, and we're like, nope, this is our guy, and it didn't seem like there was any any real discussions about that. He's he's been the guy, he's and he's been outstanding, and and the buy in that you, you like when you hear guys like George Kittle talk about him, like it's it, it's such a different thing than than. Than any other quarterback. When you're right, you know, I'm. I'll hit the Trey Lance deal quick. That you know, for most franchises, if you know to give up that draft haul and then pick that player, and he makes four career starts for your team, no other way to put it. It's a complete miss, and it's a type of miss that can set a franchise back half a decade or for other some franchises even longer. I mean, there are a lot of teams that have been playing franchise QB, you know, spin the bottle trying to figure it out for the last decade plus. And Brock Purdy's come in and he has stabilized that position the last couple of years and he has ran it with high quality execution. Has he been perfect? No, of course not. He has definitely had some games that were complete lemons. You mentioned the the Baltimore game. He played poorly in Minnesota earlier this year. And yet, I watch this guy play. He is always the same demeanor, whether he's playing well or not. And I think his teammates just respect that, you know, respect that like crazy. And for the Niners, he's been a phenomenal get. Obviously, for him, the Niners were a tremendous situation to go into. They got a lot of talent, but... Look, you're a good QB if you're getting a team to the Super Bowl. And no matter what, even even if the history, you know, he's a good QB, Brandon. And I respect his story so much. It, it's a, you know, for him, it's a, a ph- phenomenal accomplishment. Obviously, from the other Texas, you know, from the other Big 12 QB standpoint, for a guy like Patrick Mahomes, this guy is, you know, already one of the the, you know, great players uh, at the quarterback position, probably this league history, just what he's been able to accomplish early in his career. So this is a phenomenal, phenomenal Super Bowl matchup, in my opinion. You're absolutely right. And it, it, it's really crazy to see, like, the, the legacy for Patrick Mahomes 
forming right right in front of us and i you, you think about all, all he's accomplished you think about that his rookie year where he came in for an injured quarterback led his team to the number one seed won a playoff game as a rookie got to the conference championship game had, had his arm fall off with a freak injury where he couldn't throw a pass in, in the second half and then he comes right back in the same right back in in, in the offseason gets healed up second year leads his team back to the number one seed and then boom back-to-back playoff wins and very gritty games and just as a second year, Patrick Mahomes in his first Super Bowl. Oh, wait, no, that's not Patrick Mahomes. That's Brock Purdy. Yeah. It, it, it's a very similar story. I guess Patrick Mahomes didn't have his arm fall off like Brock Purdy did, but very similar arc. And I'm just saying, if Brock Purdy finds a way to unseat Patrick Mahomes, that's the agenda I'll start to push. Is not only <laughs> not only have, have we gotten to the point where Brock Purdy's a good quarterback, but like, is he the quarterback of our generation? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what Brandon is an Iowa State guy. I'll push that narrative forever for you. I'm happy to carry that water all freaking day. Like, even if it doesn't make sense, even if I can't even back it up half the time. Yeah, Brock Purdy's the the quarterback of – yeah, he's the quarterback of our generation. He's the quarterback of the 20s. Yeah, I I mean, if we've already anointed Patrick Mahomes – that for you know making the conference championship game in his first year starting not his rookie year by the way he didn't do that like Brock Purdy did in his first year starting but people give him a pass for you know riding the bench it is what it is um Brock Purdy actually good enough to play in the playoffs as a rookie made the conference championship game and then right back to the soup right to the Super Bowl at year two I mean that's that's an insane track and boy if he can find a way to Holy you know, I, we got some agendas to push. We hey, got a whole offseason for it. So you're going to love this one, Brandon. All right. Tom Brady, all-time great QB. Patrick Mahomes, I believe, 0-3 against Tom Brady. Brock Purdy, 1-0. His very first career start took out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, I, I remember that game so vividly because I was like, oh, that's nice. That's cute. Brock Purdy got to win. He got to beat Tom Brady. Holy smokes. What? What? How far have we come? What a world. Yeah, that was, I mean, that, that shows how quick the NFL is. That was like 14 months ago, 15 months ago, somewhere in there. So we've gone from this kid is literally forgotten about. I knew that he was on the Niners just because I'm not going to lie to you, Brandon. I'm, I was blown away. He made a 53 man roster initially. Yeah. I I mean, that's a big deal. It is. I was proud of him. I was like, good yeah. for you, Brock, man. That's amazing. You, you get a guaranteed contract for a couple of years. Good for you, man. That's like I was hyped up for him. I, I like if he doesn't even play, I don't care. This is a remarkable accomplishment just to get. And that was with roster. Jimmy G and Trey Lance, right? Yeah, they like, two like, guys that they were either he had a lot of money invested in, too, like Jimmy Garoppolo, or or um, or Trey Lance, who they just invested all that draft capital into, and then Brock Purdy still is good enough to make the roster. I mean, that's 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 such a big deal. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty impressive. And the fact that the Niners were like, no, we don't, they're going to run with multiple guys as backup at the QB position, uh, that they didn't want to potentially put this guy on waivers and see if another team picked him up. They liked him enough. And to their credit, they knew what they were doing when they decided to keep him kind of on a hunch. But to do that and then, you know, get that start where, you know, when he first started, no one nationally was ripping him. It's like, what a story, you know, Mr. Relevant. Yeah, this is very cute. Um, and then within weeks, boy, did that narrative change change quick to, okay, well, this guy's good, but, like, he's not that good, you know, and, and all that began. And I'm like, guy's winning. Save the 49ers season. They were kind of in a limbo at the time. They didn't know what was going on. They traded for Christian McCaffrey. They're hoping that kind of sparks something. But they were kind of wandering like they were hoping they could catch a lightning on the bottle and it turned out it was purdy he leads them to two playoff victories of course philly the the arm deal and that was that but you know to go in 15 months from obscurity nationally he's known regionally in the state of iowa but nationally is obscure to this guy has four playoff wins two in back-to-back years going to his first super bowl played outstanding football to get his team to the Super Bowl yesterday. It's nothing short of incredible. I'll I'll happily beat the drum for Brock Purdy. Um, always, forever. And 
you know, most importantly, Brandon, what I think three and one against Texas, uh, for looking at that as well from an Iowa State perspective. Got him in 19. Hey, famous field goal. Connor Asali hit the field goal in 19. Oh. Beautiful day for that one, Brandon, in 2020. Beautiful win in Austin and in front of a half full, uh, you know, stadium down there in Daryl K. And then and then 2021, just a, you know, a tear was brought to my eye for sure uh, when they just absolutely waxed them uh, in November. So that's a stat that's important to me, Brandon. And, uh, you know, that I just want to just want to throw that out there. Just just to, just yeah. Kind of Absolutely. I mean, those are those are important uh, milestones for for his arc. The, they should definitely get a, a section of the documentary for sure. Is all those Texas games? Yeah, I I think it deserves a documentary. Uh, personally, I mean, to, you know, but that but that's just me. I mean, I'm just a one lone uh, bystanding man. I'm just I'm not trying to stir anything up. But what he's been able to do has been absolutely special. And, and again. Well, I want to give Patrick Mahomes his proper credit, too. I think since he's been doing it a few more years, he's kind of yesterday's news, it feels like at times, in terms of his accomplishments. But, um, you know, he, he's done some nice stuff, too. And, uh, you know, turned a Chiefs, uh, that Chiefs fan base. Uh, well, you're either all in or you're all out on the Chiefs fan base these days, Brandon. There's no question about that. You can't tell a neutral line. Yeah, it, it's also crazy to me how, you know, Prog Purdy gets tagged as a system quarterback when Patrick Murray, Patrick Mahomes won zero playoff games without Andy Reid. Just want to throw that out there. Hmm. That, that's that's big if true, and that's true. Uh, that's I can't I can't deny that one. Um, you know, some would say. I mean, he came into a good situation. Both these QBs came into good situations too. I want to make that clear. It's not like the Chiefs yeah, were that's true bad. Um, when Mahomes took over. I mean, the 2017 Chiefs were good. They went, what, 11-5 that year, 12-4. and four. Alex Smith was a very good QB that season. Lost in the divisional. But a good team. I mean, competitive. So he walked into a tremendous situation that really helped him out. And same with Purdy. I mean, I think Purdy did walk into a very good situation in San Francisco where you have a – you can make an argument the best running back in the re- league in Christian McCaffrey, top three. No one's going to debate that. Debo Samuel in his prime is a top, what, three, five receiver in the NFL. I mean, this guy is absolutely nuts what he's able to do. George Kittle's a top five tight end probably the last few years. I don't think anybody's going to debate that in the NFL. He walked into a good situation too. And I think that stuff matters when you do look at QB trains of, you know, some of these QBs. I think QBs are more close than you realize. Situations do matter. But you have to take advantage of the situation too. Mahomes clearly did, and Brock Purdy is taking advantage right now. Yeah, and I, you know, I we talk about how crazy the, this discourse is, and that's part of it too. Is that this 49ers team is significantly better with Brock Purdy than than it ever was with Jimmy Garoppolo? Agreed. Just like this Chiefs team is so much better with Patrick Mahomes than than, than they were with Alex Smith, and, and I mean. How much better is is a different story. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a different animal. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm so excited for the possibility of of the narrative that um, we we either have the, this dynasty being stamped in history with three wins for Patrick Mahomes under 28, or Brock Purdy Super Bowl champion, and may you know like. It, comparing him to Patrick Mahomes is, is a bit of a stretch, an agenda I'll happily push. But like that is, who's to say that they can't win two or three under Brock Purdy's rookie contract and keep yep. flooding this talent? And like that's that, that was a conversation with Patrick Mahomes when he came in and made a, a Super Bowl in his third year in the NFL, second starting. You know, yep. again, people forget that he was benched as a rookie. He played in Week Seventeen and then benched yep. for the playoffs. You picked Alex Smith over him, so it is what it is. People forget <laughs> that. I like to m- mention that. Um, so it's it, it's just interesting to see how uh, how that'll play out. It, it, look, this Super Bowl is gonna be, I think, a phenomenal one. I've seen some discourse of you know people were upset that like the Detroit Lions didn't make it. Understandably so. What a season for the Lions. They were they were great. They have, I mean, David Montgomery is is the GOAT, uh, Iowa State legendary running back. 
you know, Malcolm Rodriguez, fantastic linebacker out of Oklahoma State. What a story. He, you know, Rodrigo, as they called him, it, you know, in uh, hard knocks. What a story he is. Great player for for Detroit. And they're a team that's going to be, um, you know, really good going forward. And Baltimore would have been a fun team, too. Um, zero question there. They were, I think, the best team in the NFL for the majority of the season. And they didn't play their best football on Sunday. And the Chiefs, um, to their credit, played great defense and found a way to get out of there with a win. Um, but this is a great Super Bowl matchup. And, you know, talking about toxic discourse on TV, podcasts, radio, whatever, you just feel like, isn't this not like a top, what, five Super Bowl in history where I feel like the discourse is going to get toxic and toxic fast before the yeah. game? Like, it just has, you're looking at dynasties in play. You're looking at a rookie, at a second-year quarterback that nobody has a even-keeled take. They're either all in or all out on this guy. You're looking at legacy plays. You've got celebrity gossip with Swift. You have two pretty nasty defenses. Um, you got a San Francisco defensive end that we're not going to dig into politics on there. <laughs> I mean, there's just like some wild, um, uh, I feel like the discourse is going to be pretty, pretty bananas, uh, for the next couple of weeks. And I'm personally, of course, looking forward to it because there are some sick minds out there, Brandon. I cannot wait to see what they come up with. Yeah. I mean, um, it, 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 I'm looking forward to it cause I'm absolutely going to be a part of it and, and primarily, you know, preaching the, the, the Brock Purdy equal or greater than sign Patrick Mahomes. So I'm excited to push that narrative while I can, I could be proven very wrong here in a couple of Sundays, but you know, for now, who knows, who knows, maybe I'm right. Don't let, don't let me be right. True. Don't, let hey, me, don't I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, do not let, Brandon Shanahan get hot because once he gets hot, this man don't miss. He's like the great Omar Little off of the wire. If you come at the king, you best not miss. That's Brandon Shanahan, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait. And, and, and speaking of the game, and not Big 12 related, but just out of curiosity, what do you think of uh, the job that Dan Campbell did yesterday? So Dan Campbell, Brandon Shanahan, Texas A&M, uh, Man, so former Big 12, we'll throw that there in. There we go. There's the, there's the I've got to connect. Got to connect. We're in the clear. Uh, he's getting a lot of hate. If you watched any Lions games this season, any, that's how he coaches. He is going to go for those fourth downs if they're within five yards, like every time. And you know what? That first one, there were two that were key. One, they were up 14, Brandon, middle of the third. And I thought they were going to kick it. I would have kicked it admittingly. I'm taking three. Let's go back up three possessions. Defense is playing well. We haven't, they haven't given up a touchdown in near two quarters. Um, but he didn't. Dr pass was dropped a little behind, but catchable ball. They didn't go, and, and San Francisco scored. And then, of course, the famed one where they kick a field goal, they tie it, and they have a chance to at least tie the game at the end of the game. Um, I'm going to focus more on a bad Jameer Gibbs fumble. Um, that one I thought was pretty costly. Brandon one where they're kind of on the ropes. They're up seven bad fumble leads to a touchdown. And, um, they had multiple drop passes as well, um, that they could not get the job done. And, um, as great as Brock Purdy was, I thought the defensive, uh, Detroit defensive line, which has been great all year, really good. They lost containment at times and Purdy made them pay every single time. And so Dan Campbell deserves his hate. Did he potentially coach his them out of a game, a Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm not going to fight that. I mean, that timeout, you run it on third and goal with a minute left, and you don't get it, and you have to burn a timeout, which, you know, if they don't get the onside, not a big deal. Three runs, they call yeah. three timeouts. You have a chance. 40 seconds, you have a chance to go down and try to tie it. That was idiotic. I can't believe, you know, their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, calls that. I can't believe that signed off, but... Um, Campbell deserves some criticism, zero question, but I'm also not going to overlook some key, key plays that maybe those don't become as big of a factor. If you don't see a fumble, if you don't have some drop passes, you keep containment as well. Yeah. And, and, and I like the way you put it, there's levels to it. Like, like that first 
fourth down that 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 he missed, or which kind of felt like was the the first domino to fall. Uh, that uh, that's one that you, I think he's got such a pass for. A, a couple of things. One, that, that's how they played all year. You, you know, you have confidence in your guys to go get it. They drew up a good play; it just didn't work out. Um, and then, like you said, it doesn't. You, you you don't make that call if you know that oh, well, we're, they're going to go right down and score. That they're going to have that freak play where it gets batted off of the defensive back's face and then ends up being a touchdown. And and then you you don't anticipate Jameer Gibbs fumbling the first opportunity he gets. You don't make that call if you know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it is what it is. But that that last fourth down with the opportunity to tie it up. That to me, it it feels like that was such a good opportunity to stop the bleeding, where it's like, man, you know, the the, the points are what they are, um, but just to to get something going to put yeah. some type of pressure back on the 49ers to come back and answer, I think that's that was worth more than the opportunity to go down and try to regain the lead, and then that last couple of plays was inexcusable. Yeah. Like that, like that's the kind of stuff where you, you, the the folks defending him are all about, you know, player morale. That he believes in his team to go out and get these few yards, and that's great. But now, when you have a, a kerfuffle like that, where first of all, you 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 run the football on third down, mm-hmm. and I don't know why you do that. That doesn't seem like a great idea. Maybe on first down, where you have you know more time to adjust if you think that were that strong up front and they don't have yeah. Randy Gregory and Chase Young and Joey Bosa on the other side, uh, or Nick Bosa, excuse me. Do um, you know, we can punch it in real quick, maybe, I guess, but then you do it on third down, you waste that time out. Cause then it's all coming down on the onside kick. There's no, there's no backup option unless Christian McCaffrey fumbles the football, which is an insane thing to bet on in this circumstance. Yep. So, so then you, you do that and then, well, it worked out because they got it, but going forward on fourth down it was an insane, insane thing to do. You, you, the field goal is a much safer play. Go kick the field goal. You still have to get the onside kick. Yep. And boy, it, it worked out that they got it, but I, yeah, and you're not that fourth down, and the onside kick doesn't even matter. You know, and you're not in a position like that if you kick a field goal previous possession to tie the game. Yeah. You know, then it's a tie game and. Um, then you have a different narrative of does Brock Purdy go down and, and lead his yeah. team, you know, to a Super Bowl, uh, and that would have been obviously maybe the ultimate discussion. But we didn't, you know, need to get to that that situation. So Dan Campbell, I, I think, definitely, there's no doubt, deserves some criticism, Brandon, because it was a winnable game, and I respected his post game message with the press that he said. He believes his team can be back, no question. They're good. They've got a great culture in place, fully agree. But, man, that's a good chance. The, you know, Super Bowl opportunities just don't show up every day. Um, and probably the city of Detroit knows that more than anyone. Um, that I mean, they haven't played an NFC Championship game in over 30 years. So to blow yeah. a 17-point lead is pretty painful. Um and they had a winnable, a winnable situation. Now they're going to have to go pay Jared Goff a lot of money, which he definitely should be their QB. I really like Jared Goff. I'm happy he's found a good home in Detroit. But they had him low-key at a discount. The Rams thought they paid too much and traded him. And a trade worked out for the Rams. They won a Super Bowl with Stafford. But, I mean, man, you know, he was only making about $24, 25000000 million a year, which was a decent bargain right now in the NFL for – a QB that's not bad and has experience, a guy who's played in the Super Bowl. So NFL is a crazy world, Brandon. There is no doubt about that. It is. And, and speaking of crazy worlds, how fun is Big 12 basketball right now? <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes, you know, we we, we were going to get around to it, folks. How how good is this league? How fun is this league? They so so the new rankings came out say the Big Twelve has as many teams as the ACC, Big Ten, and Big East combined. Yeah, I'm that's I insane. Believe, yeah. Eight teams. You have two top. In fact, I'm pretty blown away that top ten each had two from every top conference: Big Twelve, SEC, ACC, Pac twelve, Big Ten. All had two each. 
But then the Big 12 after that had six more from 11 to 25. And I mean, this league is just bananas, Brandon. I mean, you have an Oklahoma team that's good. They had a bad week, but they're still pretty good. Texas Tech is great. I mean, for them to be at the top of the league right now, they are continuing to find wins. Um, great week for Iowa State last week where they are able to get two home wins, which we're going to talk about a little um, after the game chaos with K-State in a little bit. Um, Baylor's been great, even though they had a vicious, what a triple overtime game they had on Saturday against TCU. That was the game of the weekend. I mean, that game was outstanding entertainment. This is a great league. TCU's back in the top 25. They're tough. I mean, this conference, I think Brandon could have 10 NCAA teams, 10 to 11. We'll find out. Uh, but it's a good, con- I mean, it's just, they're tough. It's physical. There's no easy nights. Yeah. And it's, oh man, it's so fun. It, it, it's such a blast because it's not just like that they're really good teams. There have been other conferences in the past that have had a bunch of, you know, really good teams. You know, the ACC with Duke, North Carolina for all those years. But just the, the, the way that every single game is not just a very good basketball game and not just very competitive, but also equally hilarious at the same time. Yeah. Like the, like I told you, I was down with the flu last week, but like hopping on Twitter and seeing the discourse after that Iowa State Kansas State game, I mean, you don't get that anywhere else. Like, what an insane, what an insane finish to a game. Yeah. No, I mean, that one, you know, that's, I mean, you have that that's absolutely off the rails. You've got, there are 14 teams in this conference, Brandon. All of them have played approximately seven games, give or take, on a couple schools. Only three schools out of 14 have two losses or less through seven games. That's how like ridiculously competitive it's been. Texas Tech's been an unbelievable story. They're the top of the conference right now. Houston's a national title contender. Them and Iowa State are tied for second. Bill Self's been coaching at KU since 2003. KU's not even bad start. I mean, four and three is a fine start for near any program. For KU under Bill Self, that's their worst start through seven games in the Big 12 is four and three. So that tells you just the just ridiculous chaos. I mean, there's only two teams in the conference with five losses or more uh, through seven games in West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Uh, and they've played each other. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, you I, we could sit here every week and talk about how competitive this is. But when you just dig into the numbers, I mean, it's just – it's almost mind-numbing how just insane – this league is uh, i mean it really is i mean i've got byu kids they wear horns down on t-shirts front row with a marriott center on saturday they're getting kicked out brandon or not kicked out but told to remove the shirt which is absolutely banana land um i'll rip that for days um what a what an effort and then as you mentioned the iowa state kansas state videotape deal that is what a bunch of hooey that is yeah what a Oh man, how fun! When I saw the clip of the of the first of all, the eighty-two-year-old man just getting after it, getting animated, and then the the, the Jim Carrey-looking fella coming in, seeing a grown man do this. I mean, that's great. Oh man, it just means more, huh? It, it hey, in the big, t- I compare it low key to like it's turning into like toxic levels of like SEC football fandom a little bit with Big 12 basketball. And it's great. I think it's wonderful. People can rip the SEC football fan bases for how toxic they get. And they do go over the line. I don't necessarily condone that. But I think it's great. Like I, people are mad at grown people for acting like kids or a little immature at games. Look, you're saying bad stuff that is crossing lines. That's one thing. When you're just, you know, doing this or doing like, that's just funny. You know, like it's come so on now. Yeah, that's it just so high, high entertainment. And that was, I mean, you know, the atmosphere was great for K-State. Kansas was loud too. But, you know, coaches and, you know, for Coach Tang, I mean, pretty wild deal because there was a noticeable conversation post-game of him and TJ Otzelberger, Iowa State coach. And they had, it was a good 30 seconds. The cameras were just showing them talking back and forth. And then, you know, people are like, well, what are they talking about? And then a report released Friday night from a Kansas newspaper 
that said, well, they're they're accusing Iowa State of videotaping, and you've got the AD coming out saying that's not true. TJ, after a win over Kansas Saturday, he makes a long statement saying how ludicrous that is. Um, the, the, I, I, you know, not to quote the old school NBA for many years, but this league, man, this league, it is it is something right now. And my favorite is uh, whenever something crazy happens in the NBA, it's like zero days since the NBA has been unnecessarily dramatic. The Big 12 is getting right there. The Big 12 is right there. It is. I I mean, it's like something every night it feels like. Like every Saturday something happens that you just kind of like either roll your eyeballs a little bit or kind of like makes you say, whoa, that actually actually happened. And – it's great. I mean, we've talked about how the Big 12 is really putting a lot of emphasis on basketball. They they football's the number one revenue driver, but they're putting emphasis on basketball trying to make it the premier conference in the in the US and trying to market it like that and it's working. I mean, it really is. Their games are great and even though they're great atmospheres all around the country, um it's highly watchable product right now. It's it's hilarious. And the four new schools we've talked about it, but they've been great. I love all their fan bases just from a, an enthusiasm level. Lots well, of great engagement with those folks. Um, the Big Twelve being known for you know basketball conference, we're known for our our, our great pick 'em. I can't share the the spreadsheet like usual. Shout out Spectrum. I haven't had internet in a week, so it is what it is. Really a gritty setup here, but just a, a quick update. We, uh, you, you got one game up on me. Um, let's okay. see. We both hit on Kansas, both missed on Oklahoma over Texas, um, both hit on, on the University of Central Florida. I had Oklahoma State taking down TCU. You got that one right. Uh, the Horn Frogs able to pull it, pull it mm-hmm. off. Um, you also picked the uh, upset BYU over Houston. That didn't quite, quite fall your way. I, so I got that one back. We both had uh, Iowa State over Kansas State. I, I mean, either of us could have predicted how hilarious that, that ended up being. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both had Houston over Kansas State. I also wouldn't have pegged Houston to run away with that game in the fashion that they did. That was impressive. Um, yep. that's not an easy win. Um, then you picked up another game, Iowa State over Kansas. I had the, the, the Jayhawks going in. And I like what you said about, you know, this being such a bad year for – or this being a slow start. Nobody's panicking over in Lawrence either. Like, No, it, no. It, very understandable, like, the, the way that they've lost games. And, I mean, e- even when they're in this dogfight with Kansas, that there's that clip of Bill Self enjoying the, 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 the police officer doing the, the wiggle – so I, you know, there's there's no panic in in Lawrence despite this being such a a uh, out of characterly bad start for them. Um, but you picked up a game there. We both had both were on about BYU over Texas, and then you got another game up on me. Texas Tech pulled out against Oklahoma, first place. Texas Tech. Who would have thought? We're talking about the most elite conference in basketball in Texas Tech's first place. What a world! I got one back. Oklahoma State picked up a win over West Virginia. And then we both whiffed on Baylor over TCU and both whiffed on Cincinnati mm-hmm. over UCF. So, but, but, you know, and I'll tell you what, we'll talk about Texas tech right now because it is a, you know, tremendous story, 16 and three first year head coach in uh, Grant McClaslin. I mean, he's been great. They've got good talent. I mean, they had a pretty much brand new roster for many guys, Brandon, and they're getting great, great production just right now with what they've been able to get. I mean, they've got, they play about, you know, not eight, nine guys. They've got four different players averaging over 10 a game, almost five, you know, you know, you know, they've been great. I mean, they've been a lot of fun. I loved watching, um, you know, Pop Isaacs play. That's their leading score. That kid can just he can light it up. I mean, and he knows how to manage the floor extremely well also. So, you know, give them a ton of credit. Are they going to win this conference? This jury's still out because it's a long freaking season. Um, but, you know, the, I think the key for every one of these teams, you know, if they're looking to 
you know, I think top four finish is the big deal in the Big 12 because the way the t- conference tournament is set up this year is it's a five-day event. And if you're a top four seed, you get a double buy automatically into Thursday. Um, you know, if you're five through 10, you get, you know, one day by. So those wins matter. Um, but it's a big week. TCU, great bounce back um, victory Saturday over Baylor. Um, shout out to Jameer Nelson Jr., uh, son of NBA guard Jameer Nelson of the Magic and a couple other teams throughout the years. He's kids a lot of fun to watch. So Big 12's got a ton of talent. That's really nothing new, but what a conference. What a conference, Russell. That's uh, that's all I had for, for the evening. My phone's about to overheat and melt. Again, shout out Spectrum for absolutely nothing. <laughs> what a disaster. Um, yeah, this but, isn't, this to- isn't a plug for Spectrum. Uh, definitely not. It's just we're just going to just have our comments about them. You know, I, I was I was thinking about that viral tweet I had a couple of weeks ago, where and, and and sometimes you'll see folks like reply to their own tweet, like plug in something. Yeah. And I was like, boy, if that happened today, I would just slander Spectrum. I would use this opportunity, my 15 minutes of fame, to be like, I hate these fucking guys. I hate this. Yeah. But so well, yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a pretty worthy cause. You'd get support, like people. I think so too. If there's one thing that people, that's like a top five people just automatically rip is cable providers and internet service providers. Like they're just such an easy target. Like no one. Yeah. I don't know. And in Spectrum's defense, I've never had a pleasant experience with any ISP I've ever had. Every, every single time I've moved, there's been an issue getting it set up, um, which feels bananas. Well, when when I tell people, because I've moved a lot and every it's unanimous every single time there's an issue and they're all bad all all the customer service is horrible it's all awful but yeah spectrum is is you know kicked it up a notch you know and one thing off about those communication places well they're so tough to cancel like if you're switching it can be a legit i mean it's a hassle that like you have to go through these long phone conversations or you have to physically go in have a pretty long conversation they're trying to give you all these just beyond gunky, like, oh, well, we'll give you this. Or, well, we can cut maybe $10 off this bill and not charge this for the month or three months. And, like, I'm just one out. Just okay. let me go. Like, if those, like, certain things, they really, like, you know, if you're trying to cancel serious satellite radio, that's a good example. You have to call in. And it's a pain. You have to, it's a pain, Brandon, because it can be a long conversation. Like, I just am done. Well, we can offer this. I'm just done. We can offer this. Same with like newspapers. They don't just allow you to cancel online. You have to physically call in on certain companies for newspapers. And like, if I'm a consumer and I know I have to go through that in the future, I don't want to buy it because I don't like that process. Like, why would I want to deal with that? Well, gyms are the same way. I, I had... For an extra two years, I had a, a you know a McCreary community center you know showing up on my bill every month. They tried emailing, tried calling. No, you got to come down. Like brother, I don't live in Perry, Iowa anymore. That's that's a thousand miles away, and you know Perry's kind of out of the way. So even when I'm up in in, in Des Moines or Ames, yeah. that's still out. Of, I'm not going forty five minutes out of the way to go to the McCreary community center to cancel. I had to get Wells Fargo involved. I'm like, stop giving them my money, please. That was the only way I could get it, get it taken care of. They got a good pool, though. There. I mean, it's a fantastic facility. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I wish yeah. I, they, they had done all the renovations when I got the membership, but then two months later I moved. I'm like, ah, nice. Tough world. Tough world. Tough world, Brandon. But, you know, I, I, you know, those things are hassles. I don't know what else to say. So, but Spectrum. You, they'll get it together. I'll say it right now. They'll get it together. You'll, we'll, we can get that our bracket back up next week. Absolutely. I, we'll, we'll see. They, they said it'd be out at you know another seven to ten days. So we'll see. March maybe. Maybe, maybe we'll uh, when, when get it by March. March. We better have it by March because we've got a full bracket. We're gonna have to go through. Which, uh, yeah, we're only uh, in fact, Brandon. Uh, thanks to one of the all-time great uh, Twitter X follows, the great John Rothstein of college basketball. Uh, 48 days away till we have a bracket, uh, for all the about or under seven weeks. Under seven weeks is where we're at right now. Back to me, yeah, 47 days to figure it out. 47 days, ladies and gentlemen. It really is 
you know, that simple. But, you know, look, going forward, though, I mean, there's some great games coming up this week. Huge one on Saturday, Brandon, between Kansas and Houston, the two presumptive favorites um, going into the season in the Big 12. That's going to be a major one. Uh, In Lawrence, that's going to be a phenomenal basketball game. Texas TCU is going to be great. Baylor Iowa State's a top twenty-five matchup, and that's going to be extremely good, or even top twenty. Um, there's some good hoops once again this week in the conference, and that and that's going to be a blast. And uh, football-wise, Brandon, we haven't talked um, outside of NFL with Big Twelve players, but uh, conference schedule is coming out this week, or might have already come out by the time you're listening to this. We'll obviously dive deep. Um, into that in next week. But I mean, that'll be very interesting to see how the big 12 kind of puts together their schedule um, for the 2024 year. And enjoy Farmageddon while you can. I mean, we saw how good that was on the, on the basketball court. You got to enjoy it while you can. Man, you know, Bill self, he put it perfectly, Brandon, that he was talking about that, you know, the home and home is missed in the Big 12. And I know it's yeah. not really t- possible. It's going to be next to impossible, especially when you get to 16. But the home and home was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, as an Iowa State guy myself, I'm disappointed. Um, I'm ecstatic they won Saturday, and I'm ecstatic Iowa State potentially has bragging rights, I guess, for a year, hoops-wise, that we won. But, yeah, I, I mean, I feel Kansas deserves a shot to defend their home floor and us come to it and see if we can find a way to get a win or if they defend it. Um and and that stinks and 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 same with football. Um, gosh, we gotta save Farmageddon. I don't know what we gotta do. Um, I don't know the the two ads don't seem too receptive right now, um, which is a big problem. They both just like to block people on Twitter, yeah. which is a huge problem. So that's I don't I don't know how we're gonna get to them, Brandon. Maybe gotta write uh, some snail mail. Maybe I'll write some postcards to Jamie Pollard and uh, find a way to find a way to. Uh, work my way in see if we can save farmageddon for 2027 we do have time we got time got plenty of time to, to lobby and campaign i feel like brett your mark's gotta be the i i, I don't i i don't think jamie pollard's gonna be the, 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 the savior of this what, what what would it take what 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 would jamie your mark have to read to make him say you know what that 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 guy's got a point because I don't know, like, I mean, for these, ex- like, because more than likely, that's a 99.999% chance that's getting just thrown away. Doesn't even yeah. see his eye. Even if it does, still another 99.99% chance there's no chance he's going to implement it. And I don't know what the right reasoning is, like, to say that make him, like, you can have the average of, hey, this over 100 years going. These two teams, very similar fan bases, geographical territory. Clearly some but, great games. The snow game last year was a very memorable game. They played neutral site in Kansas City at Arrowhead for many years, and they got pretty good crowds even when um, Iowa State was not good at all and K-State wasn't great. Uh, they still got good crowds in Kansas City. Like, I don't know what's going to take for you, uh, your mark to say, you know what, they've got a point. It probably does have to be something along the lines of like Arrowhead Stadium or or, or something getting involved. And like, hey, we want to host this game specifically in 2027 because it's it, it, there's the argument that like all the tradition and everything. I I got a feeling that doesn't hit Brett Yormark as much mm-hmm. as it probably would have hit you know previous regimes or other other commissioners. And that's one of the things that we love about him is that he's so innovative, he's so yep. forward thinking, he, he's so but. I don't think this in the whole tradition. It would have to be something that would move the needle for the league in such a drastic way that our maybe Taylor Swift loves loves Farmageddon so much that she's like, I will perform at halftime if mm. if, if if we keep this game going. She's going to be the, the mayor of Kansas City by then, so I you know maybe maybe she can orchestrate something like that. Could you imagine big donors from Iowa State and Kansas State like putting up money to see if they could fund a Taylor Swift show as halftime entertainment for Iowa State, K-State, and Kansas City? Because I, mean, I feel if you get a sold-out crowd, you'd have like probably more Swifties there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Than, than, but like just imagine you get, I mean, they get a sold-out crowd. They'd get a good like, hey, like don't show your typical halftime show. Just 
pretend it's the Super Bowl. Just bring her out, let her do a 10, 15 minute routine, pay her a couple million and call it a day. It would be very funny if Farmageddon got her before the Super Bowl. I think it'd be great. Con- I mean, that content would I mean, be It's great for everyone. It's great I for mean, everyone. Who says Hey, and I, I just want to see, you know, that's what I'm saying. Where, I just want her to wear, you know, like a dress that has like the Pioneer Seed logo on it. Let's make sure like, all the seed companies are like getting their respect. It's Farmageddon. Uh, let's get John Deere logos, Case, New Holland. Let's throw them all on there. Let's make sure they're getting properly wrapped, Brandon. I mean, I, if you need something that moves the needle, Taylor Swift coming out on a John Deere tractor. I, there's nothing <laughs> that would be more iconic than that. I personally would be thoroughly entertained. I would say for that $2 million fee, that's just money well spent. And if it, and if the donors have to pony up to 3 or $4 million, I would say that's still money well spent. Um, John Deere, I'm sure, would be happy to chip in half a million to see oh, Taylor yeah. Swift ride a John Deere tra- track. Probably a million or two. Like That'd be just great publicity. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the the whole world would I the very rare opportunities where you get the whole world to start to talk about you. That's one of those opportunities. Twenty twenty seven, we're calling it. Twenty twenty seven. I mean, uh, we'll definitely be there live if that was actually happening. Like, there's no question, we'd go live on location um, if we had to do that. Um, Arrowhead, I think. I, I I would love to see that series go back to Kansas city for a couple of years, just to mix it up. I love on campus yeah. games, but you know, for 2027, I think it would make sense if they went neutral. Um, but it's what makes college football good, but you know, we'll find out, but that schedule will be very interesting to see kind of how that breaks down. Um, I've already seen a couple leaks. I don't know if it's anything real. We'll wait for the official one, but um, it's going to be highly entertaining. Brandon. We'll